Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 11 and 12. Yesterday we were in chapter 12. We learned about Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, who succeeded him as king. Now we're going to learn about Jeroboam. We're going to learn about the divided kingdom. So up until this point, the monarchy, the the kingdom of Israel under Saul and David and Solomon has been united. But now because of the sin of Solomon and and other things that have happened, God is going to say that he's going to tear the kingdom from Solomon's hands and it's going to be divided. And this is actually according to God's will, even though the way it happens is, you know, very bad and very unrighteous. And so Jeroboam is a guy who who Solomon identified as being an industrious worker in Solomon who used forced labor to build a temple and to build his palace, puts Jeroboam to work. But one day Jeroboam is visited by a prophet and the prophet Ahijah says to him, uh, he's got this garment and he tears it into 12 pieces and he takes 10 of those pieces of cloth and he hands them to Jeroboam and says, God is going to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hand and you're going to be the king over 10 of the tribes. There's 12 tribes of Israel, of course, and you're going you're gonna to be the king of 10 of them. And God's going to preserve two of them, Judah and Benjamin, uh, for the line of David. But you're going to be the king of 10 of them. This seems kind of weird. It must have gotten back to Solomon because now Solomon wants to kill Jeroboam because he sees Jeroboam as a threat. That takes us to the end of chapter 11. And then we get to chapter 12. And we talked about Rehoboam yesterday, the successor to Solomon, and basically his unwillingness to go softer on the people of Israel than his father did. In fact, he says, I don't want to go softer on him. I want to go harder on him. He whipped you with whips. I'm going to whip you with scorpions, which are whips with really sharp points on him. It's going to be even worse. I'm going to be tougher on the people than my dad was. And so these 10 tribes under Jeroboam's leadership say, heck with that. And they bail to the north. And those 10 tribes make Jeroboam their king. So Jeroboam is the king of the northern kingdom. Rehoboam is the king of the southern kingdom. And now Jeroboam is stuck with a political problem, and it's this. The capital, Jerusalem, is still in the southern kingdom, and the people of God, the Israelites, are commanded to go to Jerusalem three times a year at least to make sacrifices to God, and the place they do that is at the temple. Well, Jeroboam smart enough to realize that if we, the ten tribes, go down to Israel to worship, this is going to be a problem because then the ten tribes are going to eventually fold back in with the two southern tribes, and I'm going to be on the outs, and everyone's going to want to kill me because I'm the guy that helped lead this rebellion. So Jeroboam, in a moment of self-preservation and just flat-out stupidity, decides to build two golden calves in the northern kingdom, actually as far away from Jerusalem as he can get them in the northern kingdom, in Dan and in Bethel. And here's what he says when he introduces these golden calves. He basically creates a syncretistic religion that's somewhat Jewish, but mostly pagan. Obviously, the golden calves are pagan. They come from pagan influences. And here's what he says. You've gone up to Israel long enough. Behold your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. So this is really crazy stuff, because if you remember way back to Mount Sinai, in the book of Exodus, Moses is up on the mountain getting the law and the commandments from God, and he's up there longer than the people want. They start to grumble, and so Aaron, Moses' brother, decides 
to craft a golden calf so they can worship a golden calf at the bottom of the mountain until Moses comes back. Obviously, this is abhorrent to God. It's a false God. They're taking elements from the outside pagan culture and trying to embed them in the Israelite uh, covenant relationship with God. And what Aaron says at the base of Mount Sinai way back in Exodus is basically this. Behold your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. So the writer of 1 Kings is likening Jeroboam to Aaron. He's likening that idolatry that Aaron was guilty of, that Israel was punished dearly for, to the idolatry of Jeroboam. So what do we do with this? Where do we go from here? Well, if you're able to look at this from the outside and only be critical of Jeroboam and only be critical of Aaron and only be critical of these wicked, stiff-necked, rebellious Israelite people without reflecting a little bit on your own idolatry, then you and I need to be a little bit corrected if that's the case, because we are distracted. We are drawn to worship things other than one than the one true God. What's amazing is that even though this is abhorrent to God, even though this is terrible and bad, and it's going to devolve into a much worse scenario, there's going to be kings of the northern kingdom that are terrible. I think 20 out of 20 of them are bad. We're going to learn about them going forward. Like 17 out of 20 of them in the southern kingdom are bad, and in the two or three that are good, uh, aren't able to do anything significant by way of redeeming Israel or somehow bringing Israel back into faithfulness to the God, their father, their covenant relationship. And so we're guilty of this same kind of thing. And despite that, God is going to continue to advance his redemptive plan for the world. He's going to preserve those two kingdoms in the south so that there will be a Messiah that comes from the line of David. He's going to winnow it way down to two tribes. He's going to make the situation really bad so that when Jesus Christ comes on the scene as a son of David, from the line of David through Rehoboam and the other descendants until we get to Jesus, we're going to be left with the obvious realization that there is no way this was humanly possible if God hadn't have just made it happen because of his grace and his goodness and his love for us. Furthermore, we are going to be offered forgiveness and salvation. We're going to be offered righteousness that Christ lived, the perfect life that he lived. We're going to be offered the righteousness of Christ if we would just put faith in him, the death and the resurrection of Christ, which defeats sin, death, and the power of the devil. Why would God save us? Why would God put up with this nonsense from Rehoboam and Jeroboam and all their descendants and the people of Israel? It's a staggering thought. Lord, we're so thankful for your grace and your love, despite our obstinance, despite our rebellion. Lord, as we follow Christ, would you conform our hearts to be more like yours so that we could represent you well? And, and so others, by seeing what you've done in us, would be drawn to you as well. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org, and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship. 
Third is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and prayerfully consider financially supporting one of our partnering ministries. And check our episode notes for links and more details. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.